Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's get started. Let's learn some phrasal verbs which contain in. To opt in. When you opt in to something, it means you say that you consent to doing it or you choose the option and agree to it. Oftentimes when we are filling out forms online, there will be an option to opt into something. For instance, when you purchase something from a store online, usually there is a box that you can check that says you opt in to receive the weekly newsletter. The opposite of opting into something is, of course, opting out of it, which would mean to not agree or not consent to it. To see in. When you see in, it means you have a small view of something that you can look with your eyes into. Now, we're going to talk about the difference between seeing in and looking in. When you see something, it means you're just looking with your eyes. You just happen to see it. Sometimes if you're trying to figure out if a store is open or closed, it might be hard to see in the window to figure out if there's anyone inside. So if there's a small window, you might look and you might be able to see in. To look in means to briefly check or examine something. Now emphasis on quickly check it. So the difference between to see with your eyes and to look is when you're looking at something, you're examining it and you're probably touching it or getting really close to it to investigate as well. So you might say, I can't see into the window. This just means your eyes can't see it. But if you need to go find something, you might say, I need to go look in the fridge to see if we have any fresh vegetables. This means you're going to examine the fridge. You might move some things around when you open it to find the vegetables. You're going to look in. To sit in. When you sit in a meeting or an event, it usually means that you are not an active participant. You are just observing. You're just there. You're sitting in. So sometimes in colleges and universities in the United States, you have the opportunity to sit in on classes that you're not registered for or you're not actually in the class. You are not a part of the class, but you can just sit in the lecture, which means you'll just be listening and not participating. You won't have to do the quizzes or exams because you're not actually registered or signed up for the class, you're just sitting in. So you could sit in on a meeting, which just means that you are going to observe the meeting. Turn in. When you turn in something, you either hand it to someone or you submit it online. When you again are in a college, your professor or your lecturer might tell you when you need to turn in an assignment. So this is the day that the assignment needs to be submitted by. Or you could say, I thought I turned it in on time. That means I thought I submitted the assignment 
or the document on time. Now let's talk about some important phrasal verbs with the particle out. To opt out of something means the exact opposite of opting into it. Except when you opt out, you have to make sure that you explicitly say or you make it clear that you do not consent to something. So there's usually an option to opt out or decline something if it's on a form or on some sort of online registration. A lot of times in the United States, we don't have government health care. So your health care comes through your employer. So you can sign up and they give a portion of the money that they pay you to pay for your health care. Or you can opt out of the health care, which means that maybe you get health care from the person you're married to. They have health care through their work and they have a family plan. Or you have some other health care. So you're opting out or declining your company's health insurance or health care. See out. So we can talk about see out in two different ways. We can say that we can see out of a window, which means we are able to look with our eyes out of a window. Or we can talk about when we're seeing someone out, which means we're walking them out of a meeting or we're walking them out of a building or we're making sure that they get out of our house safely and we're just being friendly. A really common phrase with this phrasal verb is to say, I will just see myself out. That means I don't need to be walked out. I'll just go. Or if you have a friend to your house and you want to walk them to their car out of your house, you can say, I will see you out. Watch out. This is a very, very important phrasal verb, which means be cautious or be alert. So if you have a friend that's going camping, you might tell them, watch out for bears. This means be cautious in case there's bears in the woods. Because in many places in the United States, there are black bears in the woods. Or you can use this phrase, watch out very urgently. If something is flying through the air, you tell your friend, watch out. That means look out, you know, be careful because something is going to hit you. This is a very, very important phrasal verb. Watch out. To click out. When you click out of something, it means you close an application or you close a window on your computer. And this is mainly used for computers, not tablets or smartphones, because we use a mouse. We used to use a physical mouse most of the time on our laptops or computers. The other day, I was buying a gift for someone and they were coming up behind me. So I clicked out of the window very quickly. This means you close the window very quickly. Wash out. When you wash out something, you clean out dirt or anything that's dirty or impure inside of a glass. Or you could wash out a shirt or you could wash out any sort of container. A really important example of this phrasal verb that comes to my mind is when I have coffee in a coffee cup. I wash it out really good so that if I want to have tea later, I don't taste the coffee from earlier. So you need to wash it out with water and soap so that your tea doesn't taste like coffee. Or if you have some stains on your shirt, you got very dirty, you could say, I need to wash out the stains in the laundry. Dump out. When you dump out a container, it means you quickly take everything out you put it all out of the container because you, maybe you're trying to find something or maybe you just need it out very quickly. When I was a kid, I had a very disorganized backpack 
And when I needed to find something, I would literally have to dump out my backpack, which means turn it upside down and have everything come out in order to find something. Luckily, as an adult, I'm much more organized. I would not have to dump out my backpack anymore. Pour out. We use pour out when we're talking about liquids. You can say I'm going to dump out this water, but you can also say I'm going to pour out this water. You can only use pour when you're talking about liquids or something that comes out like a liquid. This phrasal verb is used a lot when cooking. So you'll have a recipe that might say pour a cup of milk into the soup or pour the salt into the soup. Salt is not technically a liquid, but you could say pour it in there or you could just say dump it in there. Set out. When you set out to do something, you begin a journey with an intention or a task that you have to do. At the beginning of a trip, you might say we are setting out on our trip today. That means you're setting out to go on a trip somewhere. Or in movies, the characters might be setting out on a mission. That means they are beginning a mission. Maybe they're going to save someone. For me, I'm setting out to have a million subscribers on YouTube. So make sure you're subscribed to English with Kayla and you like this video. Let out. When you let out someone or something, you are letting them come out out of a small confined situation or a small confined room or container. For instance, you might need to go home to let out your dogs. That means you need to let out your dogs outside to go to the bathroom or to stretch out and get some exercise. When you are in school, you might get let out early. That means your teacher in the school releases all of the students outside of the building early for the day. Or if you're trapped inside of a room, you can say, let me out. And one other really important use of this phrasal verb is if you are trying to be quiet, but you have a sound that comes out of your mouth, you can say, I let out a sound. Or if you were trying to hold your cough, <laughs> you might accidentally let out a cough or a noise. Keep out. When you are trying to keep someone or something out, it means you're trying to prevent them from entering the space. This again is a super, super important phrasal verb because in the United States, when there is private property or a business or a building that you are not permitted or allowed to enter, there will often be a sign that says, keep out. This means do not go in there. You are not allowed to go in there. A good example of this is we try to keep out mice from our homes in the United States. So we use poison or we use traps in order to keep out the mice. Or there might be a construction zone that says keep out because there is machinery and equipment that could be dangerous to people if they enter the construction zone. Let's review some important phrasal verbs with on in them. Clip on. When something clips on, it attaches with what we call a clip. A really important example of this is when you have a badge or a name tag, it usually clips on to your shirt. This, of course, is different than sticking on. A clip is clipped on. And sometimes men who don't know how to tie a tie, especially young men, will wear a clip-on tie that just clips right onto their shirt. Add on. We use this phrasal verb add on when you need to add something in a situation that normally wouldn't be there or you can include something that would not normally be there. 
For instance, when you order food from a restaurant, especially takeout in the United States, they might ask you if you want to add on a dessert or add on an appetizer. So this is something that you did ask for, but maybe they'll give you a deal if you add it on. And restaurants in the United States really, really believe in the power of suggestion, meaning if they ask you to add on a dessert, you probably are likely to say yes. Do you have a favorite sports team that you cheer on? When you cheer on someone or something like a team, it means you are hoping that they are successful or you're hoping that they win and you're letting everyone know. Last summer, I ran a race and my whole family was there to cheer me on. Or if you were watching the World Cup and you were from Argentina, of course, you were cheering on your team, which means you were letting everyone know that you wanted your team to win. You were actively supporting them. So you can use this in a casual conversation. If you're supporting someone, I'm cheering them on. Or you can use this in a more cheering sports situation where you're literally cheering and shouting for someone to win. Sleep on. So this is a phrasal verb, but this is actually an idiom too. When we say that we want to sleep on something, it means we want to give a decision time and we want to think about a decision that we're going to make to make sure that we truly believe in what we want to do and make sure that it's a good decision. Oftentimes, when you get a job offer, it's important to sleep on it for one night. That means give it one day to think about it and then accept or decline the job offer. Make sure that you sleep on important decisions. Keep on. When you tell someone to keep on, it means they should not quit even when faced with a challenge. A common phrase with this phrasal verb, keep on, is you say, I'm going to keep on trying even though it's difficult. Or if you want to tell someone that what they're doing is good, you can say, keep on doing that or keep on doing that good work. Drag on. When something drags on, it means it extends for a long period of time and it feels like it's taking a long time and usually when something drags on, it means it's boring. So this is a negative phrasal verb. If you are working and you're in a business meeting and it's just so boring, it feels like it's lasting forever, you can say the meeting is dragging on. Or if you're trying to give a speech or a lecture and you want it to be interesting, but you don't want to talk for too long, you can say, I don't want to drag on. Take on. When you accept or assume responsibility for something, you are taking on the responsibility. Or you could say, I'm going to take on that challenge or take on that task. It means you're accepting it. It's important to be ambitious in your work and in your school. So if you can take on leadership, that is very important. That means you try to be the boss or the manager of something and you take it on. You take on the responsibility. Leave on. When you keep something the way it is, especially something that has electricity, you can say you are keeping it on. In the United States, we always say, don't keep on the lights if you're not home because it's wasting electricity. So when we say don't keep on the lights, it means turn them off and don't just leave without first turning off the electricity or the light switch. And of course, the opposite of leaving on something is leaving off something. So you could say, leave off the lights, I'm trying to sleep. That means don't turn on the lights in this room because I want it to be dark. Leave them off. Press on. 
There are two very useful definitions to this phrasal verb. First, we can press something on. So if something has stick to it, like tape, you can say, I'm going to press on that tape. Or I'm going to press on your name tag, the name tag that sticks to your shirt. You can also use this phrase to mean don't give up. So even though English is difficult to learn and sometimes you feel like you're not getting better, it's important to press on. That means keep going even if it's challenging. Run on. When something runs on, it means we're talking about the duration of it. We often use this phrasal verb when it comes to speeches or presentations. So in the past tense, we can say their speech ran on for 40 minutes. That means the duration of their speech was 40 minutes. And usually if we're saying something ran on or something is running on, it's used in a negative way. It means it's taking up a lot of time unnecessarily. So you could say, their speech started to run on for so long that the audience lost their interest in it. Work on. When we want to say that we are dedicating some time and effort to something, we can say we are working on it. Or if you want to tell someone that you don't have the answer or you don't have the solution to something, but you're trying to find the answer or solution, you can use this phrasal verb. You can say we are working on it right now. In the United States, a lot of people, especially like myself, pick up our groceries from the store. So we just park our car and usually we send them a message on the phone and they bring out the groceries. Now today, I was waiting for my groceries and it took over a half an hour for them to bring the groceries out. And I didn't see anyone and I had my kids in the car. So I called them and they say, we are working on it. That means they don't have them ready, but they're trying to get them ready. And it turns out, that there was an error and they were super busy. So I was understanding. I never am rude to people, but it took them a long time to work on my groceries. Egg on. To egg on a behavior or a person means you're provoking them. You're encouraging whatever they're doing. And usually we use this phrasal verb when we're talking about negative or risky behavior. A lot of times when someone's doing something dangerous, let's say climbing a tree, and their friends are saying, yes, climb higher. It will say, hey, don't egg them on. That means don't encourage this behavior. Now that we've reviewed our phrasal verbs that end with on, let's switch to the particle off. The first phrasal verb is nod off. So when someone starts to sleep, we say they are nodding off. And of course, we had the president of the United States nod off during a UN meeting once, and it was so embarrassing. That means he started to fall asleep during the meeting. It was terrible. Tick off. There are two important meanings to this phrasal verb. The first, if you tick off somebody, it means you annoy them or make them angry. Traffic was so bad, and I was starting to get really ticked off. This is an informal way to say I was getting upset and angry. Do not use ticked off in a formal situation to say you were angry. But in a formal situation, you can say tick off to mean check off or remove something from a list. For instance, you might be really busy at work and you could say, I'm trying to tick off a few things off my list today. So this is used instead of saying check off or get done. Another way to say that we are annoyed is to say piss off or pissed off. If you are annoyed, you can say I am pissed off. If you make someone annoyed or angry, you can say 
I piss them off. And of course, in the United States, piss off is used completely different than in the UK. And I'm not from the UK, so don't learn that definition from me if you're speaking English there. One way that you can really piss me off is being late when we have a set meeting time. Live off. When you want to say that you are depending on something, especially some money, you can say you are living off of it. In the United States, when people retire, they will live off their pension or we have a fund that we call our 401k. So that's money that we've been saving for many, many years that we can live off of when we stop working. So this means it would be enough money to sustain our needs like buying food and paying for a house and things like that. Call off. When you call off an event, it means you cancel it. Many times, a baseball game will get called off if there is too much rain, and especially if there is lightning. This means we cancel it. We say it's not going to happen. Pay off. If you want to say that something is going to result in success after hard work and effort, we can say it's going to pay off. This is a really, really useful phrasal verb because you're studying English and it's going to pay off because English is so useful, especially if you want to live in the United States. Layoff. When the economy is bad, there are going to be layoffs. This means there is going to be people that get fired or terminated from their job because there is just not enough money in the business or things are not looking good in the economy. If your company is trying to cut costs, they might lay off or fire some employees. So layoff is a more formal way to say fire someone or terminate them. Trade off. When you trade off something, it means you exchange it for another thing. So sometimes my husband and I trade off taking care of our kids so that the other person can enjoy some relaxing time or they can get some work done and then we'll trade off again and the other person will take care of the kids. Another way you can use this phrasal verb is if there's a compromise. Maybe you can say, I like where I live. It's very affordable. But the trade off is that I have to commute a long time to work. That means it takes you a long time to drive. But the trade off is it's cheaper to live in the place. So there's a compromise involved. One thing compromises for the other. It's a trade off. Push off. When you decide to begin something, you can say we're going to push off. And this phrasal verb is especially useful if you are in a boat because you need to push off the dock and you need to start going. If you want to say you are physically pushing something in order to start going, you can say you're pushing off of it. To show off is also a very common phrasal verb in the United States. When you are showing off something, it means you are drawing a lot of attention to an ability that you have, a talent, or something that you own that you think is really just special and everyone should look at. A lot of people do not like when others show off, especially if they are showing off fancy clothes or fancy cars or whatever it may be. But sometimes we can use this phrasal verb in a positive way. You might say, oh, I want to show off my new phone I got to you. You might think it's interesting. This just means you want to draw attention to it. You want to show your friend how cool it is, and they probably will like to see it as well. After this English lesson, I encourage you to show off all of the new phrasal verbs that you learn. That means use them all in your conversation because people will be impressed by all of your new English knowledge. 
set off. Another way to say that you are beginning a journey or a trip is to say you are setting off. Another way we can use this phrasal verb is if something is going to ignite or start, we can say we are setting it off. For instance, if you walk into a house and open the door really quickly and an alarm system starts blaring or sounding, you can say, oh no, we set off the alarm. Or you can say, we set off the timer. That means the timer started to make noise. Let off. When you let off something or someone, it means you are going to release them or release whatever it might be. A really common phrase is we're going to let off some steam. Now, if you're cooking and you let steam out of the pot, you let off the steam, it means you let it escape from the pot you're cooking in. But we use this idiom to say we are going to just kind of relieve some stress. So maybe if you're really annoyed with someone and stressed out about it, you talk about it to your friend and you say, I'm just letting off steam. I feel better now. Or if you're going to just relax since you've been stressed out, you can say, I'm just letting off some steam. Another common way we use this phrasal verb is we want to say that we are going to leave work. It's our time to go. We can say, I was let off work at four. I'm going to be let off work early. This means you're going to be released from work early. When something makes a loud noise or becomes active, you can say it's going off. So again, if you have an alarm that's sounding either in the morning or an alarm system like a fire alarm, you can say it's going off when it starts to make noise. Or you could say my alarm went off at six o'clock in the morning. That means that was a time that you set your alarm for and it started making noise. Other things that can go off are fireworks like big lights. Or you could say a siren went off. That means it started flashing and making noise at the same time. So when something goes off, it just is loud and bright. Dry off. When you want to say that you are removing the wetness from something or the water, you can say you are drying it off. After a shower, you have to dry off your body. Or if you're out in the rain and you get all wet, you might say, I need to go inside and dry off. Fight off. When you fight off someone or something, you defend from it very aggressively or you are successful when you're defending against it. A common way to use this phrasal verb is you can say, I'm fighting off a cold. That means you're trying to get healthy. Maybe you're eating healthy. You're drinking orange juice and vitamin C so that you don't get sick. You're fighting off the cold. You're not completely sick yet, but you might start to get sick. Or if you were fighting an animal, like a bear, you could say, I'm fighting off a bear. That means you're trying to get the bear to go away, you're defending yourself or your family. Let's move on to some phrasal verbs containing after. Look after. When you look after someone or something, you are taking care of it. When I was a kid, I was in charge of looking after my brother. That means I would make sure he's safe and take care of him. Or you might ask someone to look after your pet, like your dog or your cat when you're on vacation. That means they're taking care of them. To take after. When you say that someone takes after another person, it means they resemble them in some way. We often use this phrasal verb when we're talking about a family. So we could say, the son takes after his father. That means he either looks like him or acts like him. Or you can say, wow, you really take after your sister. That means you resemble your sister. So this phrasal verb, take after, is used mainly to talk about family members 
that resemble each other. To run around after some people or some tasks means you're spending a lot of effort dealing with these things. So let me give you a few examples of this phrasal verb. I couldn't get any work done because I was running around after my kids. This is used very informally to say you were taking care of your kids, you were playing with your kids, whatever your kids needed. You were involved in that activity so you couldn't do your work. Or maybe you are at your job and you can say, I've been running around after these sales all day. That means you've been dealing with whatever you're selling and you haven't been able to accomplish anything else. So it just means that you are dealing with something and it's kind of chaotic and it's keeping you very busy. It's a great informal phrasal verb to use to run around after something. If you are literally running and chasing something, you can say you are chasing after it or you are chasing after the person. If there is a criminal on the loose, the police will be chasing after them. Or if your dog is running outside, you could say, I'm chasing after my dog. That means you're trying to catch up to your dog and you're literally running to catch them. Go after. When you go after something, you're usually talking about a goal or ambition that you are really, really trying hard to accomplish. So maybe you are working a job, but it's really your dream to be a singer. And one day you go after your dream of being a singer. That means you try to accomplish that goal. It's important to go after your dreams or try to do the things that you really, really want to do. To get after someone means that you are trying to encourage someone or a group of people to do something. So you're being really, really encouraging. This phrasal verb is super important in sports. The coach will get after the team if they're not working hard and they'll say, come on, we can do this, we can win. You guys need to work harder. They're getting after their team. Our last group of phrasal verbs all use before. When you say that something comes before, you can say that it literally is coming before in chronological order. So lunch comes before dinner or breakfast comes before lunch. Or you can use this phrasal verb to mean that something is more important than another thing. So for me, my children come before anything else. That means they're more important than anything else. And this is a very common way to use this phrasal verb. Or you can say school comes before sports. So for kids or for adults that are in college, it's more important to focus on schoolwork than sports. Or if you think work is more important than play, you can say work comes before play. This means maybe the time of work comes before play, but also it's just more important to you. And another phrasal verb that's just like this one is put before. When you want to say that something will be more important than another thing, or you're choosing for it to be more important, you can say it's put before. So their needs are put before my needs. Or you can say work is put before play. This means it's more important than. Go before. This phrasal verb can be used to say that you are going to appear in front of people. A lot of times, this phrasal verb is used in the legal sense. Someone will go before a judge. This means they will appear in front of a judge in a courtroom. Or you can say the lawyer is going to go before the judge and argue for his client. This means they're going to appear or start talking in the courtroom. To come up with. When you come up with something, you think of something new, a new idea. 
it can be very challenging to come up with a creative idea. Go through. When you go through something, or if you go through many things, you are examining them carefully. Whenever you lose your phone, you have to go through all of the items in your house. Or if you lose your phone in your car, you have to go through your car to try to find your phone. Pick up. When you pick up something, you retrieve it. For example, my friend was going to loan me a dress to wear to a wedding, and I texted her that I would pick up the dress in the afternoon. I had to go to her house to retrieve the dress, to pick something up. To put off. When you put off something, it means you postpone it or you procrastinate it. A lot of people put off studying for important tests until the last minute. They procrastinate and they don't study until right before the test. They put it off. To look up. To look up something means to search for information. So if you are researching something, you probably need to use Google to look up facts and to look up information about your topic. A really common way we use this phrasal verb is if you don't know something and you want to know the answer, you'll say, I'm going to look it up right now. Take off. So we use this phrasal verb to mean to leave quickly. Most commonly, I think of this phrasal verb as talking about a plane. When does your plane take off? Because planes, airplanes, are of course so quick when they leave the runway. You can also say, we are going to take off at four o'clock. This means we're going to leave the house quickly at four o'clock. We usually use this when we're talking about leaving pretty soon in the future. Put down. When we say that we are going to put down something, we mean we are going to write it down quickly. A common phrase with this phrasal verb is to say, I had a hard time putting down into words what I want to say. This means I'm having a hard time writing something. Another way that this phrasal verb is used commonly is if people say, how many people are going to come to the wedding? And you can say, put me down for two or put me down for three. Basically, you're answering their question and saying, write me down or schedule me for two or three or whatever your answer is. So put down, it means writing down, but it can also mean that you're scheduling something. To put up with. Do you put up with annoying people? If you put up with them, it means that you tolerate them. One thing that I do not put up with in life is liars. I do not tolerate people who tell lies. I won't put up with it. To make up. To make up something means to invent it. When I was a child, I would make up a lot of games for my friends and me to play. To turn down. To turn down something or someone means to reject it or to reject the person. It can be really heartbreaking to be turned down from a job or to be turned down from an important opportunity that you had to apply for. If you are offered a job and you do not want to take the job, you can say, I'm going to turn down the job. This means I'm going to reject it. And this would not be considered rude to say, I will turn down the opportunity. To put aside. When you put something aside, it means you're saving it for later. So you remove it and you save it for later. A really common way that we use this phrasal verb is when we put aside money. 
we put aside money to save for later. If you're saving up to buy a car, when you get your paycheck, you'll put aside some money. Another way we can say this is to say set aside. It means the exact same thing. If you're saving some food for someone coming to your house later, you could say, I'm going to set aside this plate of food for our guest. To turn up. So if something or someone turns up, it means it arrives or appears unexpectedly. When you have something in your house turn up, it means it was something that was lost long ago and you suddenly find it even though you were not exactly searching for it. If you have a stray or lost cat or dog turn up to your house, it means you weren't looking for that animal, but they appeared at your house and now you need to find the owner because they just turned up. To get away with something. If you get away with something, it means you escaped a punishment, even though you are guilty of a crime or guilty of a wrongdoing. Another common way this phrasal verb is used is when you want to say that you are going to try to do something that's not exactly the norm or not exactly common for most people, but you don't want people to notice. Let me give you an example. Do you think I can get away with wearing this outfit to the business meeting? In this example, I'm probably wearing an outfit that is more casual, so clothing that isn't exactly super professional or fancy, but do you think I can get away with it? Do you think it looks okay enough to wear? Another example is if you are cooking food for, let's say, five people. You could say, do you think I can get away with just making chicken and potatoes. This means, do you think there'll be enough food for these five people? Do you think I can get away with it? Or will there not be enough food? So you can talk about getting away with a crime or just getting away with something that's a little bit abnormal. To take in. If you take in something, it means that you're understanding it. You're kind of processing it in your mind. If somebody gives you some shocking information, something very surprising or very tragic, you might need a few extra minutes to take in the information and just kind of process it emotionally. Another common way this phrasal verb is used is if you want to say you're going to look at a beautiful view, typically of nature, but sometimes you could be in a city as well. You could say, I'm going to take in the view. This means I'm just going to look and appreciate what it looks like outside right now. To take over. When you take over something, it means you are assuming control or you're getting power over it. If the owner of a company dies, it's very common for their son or their daughter to take over the company. So to own the company now and control the entire company. If you want someone else to take some responsibility or to do a task for you that you're currently doing, you could say, do you want to take over with this? So on a long road trip, once in a while, if somebody needs a break, they could say, does anyone want to take over driving? To bring up. If you bring up something, it means you mention it. One thing in the United States that you should never bring up at a family dinner or any sort of dinner with people you don't know super, super well is politics. If you bring up politics, it can start a lot of arguments. So don't mention it. 
to take out. If you take out something, it means you remove it. You can also use this phrasal verb in the same way you would use get when you want someone to get something so that you can use it. So for instance, you could say, can you take out a pencil? I need a pencil to write with. To fill in. If you want someone to fill in something, it means you want them to complete it. A really common way this phrasal verb is used in the United States is if you need someone to fill in their name on a form. So fill in your information, please. This would be a, like a government document or a document at a medical office that you need information on. You're going to fill it in. To put on. When you are putting on clothes, it means you're going to wear the clothes. Another way that this phrasal verb is commonly used is if we say someone is putting on an act or putting on a character. This means that the person is acting not exactly like their normal personality. So if you're putting on an act, it might mean you're acting more friendly than usual. Or if you're putting on um, happiness, it can mean you're actually sad inside. You're just putting on an act like you're happy so that no one asks you why you're sad. To run out of. When you run out of something, it means you don't have any more. You use it completely. In my house, I always try not to run out of toothpaste or toilet paper. Those are two very important things that you do not want to run out of. To take back. To take back something means to return it. You can say that you need to take back something that you borrowed from a friend. When I borrowed a dress from my friend, I had to take it back to her a week after. We can also use this phrasal verb when we're talking about returning an item to a store that we actually don't want to buy. We can say, I had to take back the dress to the store. I did not want to buy it. To work out. If something works out, it means it's a solution or it's solved. So if a problem works itself out, this is a common phrase that means that you didn't have to make any effort. Things just worked out. The problems were solved without anyone having to do anything bad. We can also use this phrasal verb to say that you need to solve a math problem. And typically when we say, can you work out this problem? it means you need to solve it on paper. To come across. When you come across something, it means you find it by chance. We usually talk about coming across information or if you're just walking and you come across something interesting, it means you find or see something interesting without actually looking for it. In my everyday life, I come across so many interesting English phrases that I have to teach to my English students. To look after. When you look after something or someone, it means that you're taking care of it or you're taking care of the person. A lot of people in the United States will pay someone to look after their house and their pets when they go on vacation. This job is called a house sitter and their job is to look after the house. To put together. When you put together something, it means you assemble it or you build it. If you've ever bought furniture from the store IKEA, the Swedish store, you have to put together all of the furniture. None of it comes assembled or already put together. You have to build it by yourself. I enjoy putting together furniture, but many people do not like it 
and find it very challenging. To put through. To put someone through something is the most common way that this phrasal verb is used. I'll give you the definition through these examples. When my students are taking an English test, they are put through a lot of stress. So it means they experience a lot of stress through the process of having to study and take a test. If you want to say to someone that you're sorry that you caused them stress or you caused them a lot of extra work, you can say, I'm so sorry to put you through that. It means I'm so sorry that you had to have this experience because of me. To hold on. Think of this phrasal verb like you're on the phone and someone asks you to hold. And in real life, we say, can you hold on? So on the telephone, if someone needs you to wait for a moment, they'll say, could you please hold? And in real life, conversation speaking, someone will say, can you hold on for a moment? A lot of times, if my children are interrupting me, I'll say, hold on, please. To look into something. If you look into something, it means you're investigating it. If you find a word in English that you're curious about the definition and you'd like to learn more about, you can say, I'm going to look into this word. This means you're going to investigate it and research it. Once I was shopping for cars and I would have a list of the different cars that I liked and I'd go home and look into them later. I would research if they were a good car, if they would meet my needs that I needed for a car. I had to look into it. To come back. To come back to something means to return to it. So oftentimes we'll tell people, come back and see me later. If you're at a party and you're talking to a friend and your friend is going to talk to other people and you're going to talk to other people as well, you could say, make sure to come back to me and say hi again later. This would be a really common way to say, just return and let's talk again later. But for now, we're going to go our separate ways. You can also come back to a topic of conversation. So if you're in a meeting or if you're talking in a more formal context, you could say, let's come back to this later. This means let's not talk about this now. Let's talk about it later. And you might say this if you know, you're running out of time or you just need more information before you can have a good discussion about a topic. To carry on means to continue something. This phrasal verb is most commonly used when you interrupt someone on accident and you politely want to say that they should just continue talking. Don't worry about you as an interruption. You can say, carry on, please. To come up. If something comes up, it appears suddenly. So if you're watching TV and all of the sudden a monster is on the TV, you could say, all of a sudden a monster came up on the television. Or if something in a conversation comes up, it means it's mentioned to work on. If you work on something, it means you focus on it. If you are trying to work on your English, it means you're very focused on your English. Or you could say, right now, I'm not really working on my English, but I'm trying to practice my French. To drop off. If you drop off something, it means you deliver it. If you have to drop off your child, it means you need to get your child to either their daycare or their school or wherever they're going for the day. To come out. If something comes out, it appears. It's kind of like coming up, but it usually means that it was hidden before. It was hiding. So you might say, I'm going to come out of my room and talk to my roommates. This means I'm going to 
get out of my room and appear in the living room so I can talk to my roommates. To look out. To look out for something means to be cautious about it. Or if you just want to tell someone to be cautious in general, you can say, hey, look out. And if something is going to hit someone, you can say, hey, look out. This means be cautious, something is coming. It's the most natural way to say this in English when something is happening very fast. It's important if you are in the Midwest of the United States that you look out for coyotes, especially if you have a pet dog because sometimes coyotes can be dangerous to small dogs or small pets that go outside. To turn off. If you turn off something, it means you switch it off or you switch off the power. So most commonly we say, can you turn off the lights? To take away. To take away something means to remove it. If you remove something as a punishment, you can say I'm going to take away your Xbox for a week. To make out. To make out something means to understand it. If you say I can't make out what you're saying, this means I can't understand your words. And usually we use this phrasal verb if you just can't quite hear everything that someone is saying, especially if you're talking on the phone and for some reason the phone reception isn't great, it will be hard to make out what someone is saying. To look up to. If you look up to someone, it means you admire them. Oftentimes your children will look up to you. They really admire you and they want to be like you. To run into. If you run into someone, it means you meet them unexpectedly. I had coffee with my friend the other day, but we didn't plan on it. We just happened to run into each other at the store and then we went to get coffee. To put up something means to build it or to display it. In New York City, they can put up high-rise buildings very quickly because they have so many people to work on it there. When I was young, I put up a sign on my bedroom door that said keep out because I didn't want my little brother going into my room. To carry out. If you carry out a plan, it means you execute it or you complete it. To turn out. If something turns out, it means it's the result. This can be a really tricky or difficult phrasal verb for English learners to use and to learn. If you say that it turns out it's going to be sunny today, it means it's kind of unexpected and maybe it wasn't sunny earlier in the day, but in the end, the result was it's sunny outside. If you say it turns out that my favorite team won the game, it means that maybe you turned off the TV and you didn't watch the entire game because you thought your team, maybe you're watching soccer, was going to lose, but it turns out they were able to win. So the result was they were able to win. And when we use turn out, it means it's unexpected. To fall back on. If you fall back on something or if you fall back on someone, it means you rely on them when you fail. So if you try to start a business, it might be smart to have a job to fall back on. So even if your business fails, you can rely on a job to make money and support yourself. To put through. A common use of the phrasal verb to put through means to connect a phone call. So if you call a business and you talk to the receptionist or the secretary and you say, I need to talk to your boss. 
she might say, I will put you through with him. This means I will connect your phone to his phone. To look around. When you look around, it doesn't literally just mean that you're looking. It mostly means that you're also going to walk around and explore. When I go to the mall or shopping center, I like to just look around at all the stores. I don't absolutely have to buy things, but it's fun to look around. To pull off. If you pull off something, typically a plan, it means you succeed with it. When I was done with my last semester of college, I said, I am so happy that I pulled that off. That means it was really hard work, but I was able to succeed despite challenges and despite having to work really hard. To come to. To come to a conclusion is the most common way that we use this phrasal verb. You can also say that someone is waking up from being passed out or unconscious if they come to or if they were just asleep for a long time. So often we say, I've come to a realization. This means that after learning a lot about something, I realize, you know, the main idea or the most important thing. I came to the realization that I need to study every day or my English won't improve. To put off. To put off something is another way to say that you're going to procrastinate it or delay it. I really need to do the dishes, but I typically put it off until later in the day and usually I have a sink full of dishes that I have to do before I go to bed. I really shouldn't put it off. To make do. To make do with something means you're going to manage to do a task even though you have limited resources. If someone says, hey, can you get this done by Friday? You can say that's not a lot of time, but I'll make do. It means you'll finish the task despite not having all the resources that you need. Hi there, are you ready to learn 50 of the most useful English phrasal verbs? These advanced phrasal verbs will help you in your everyday English conversations. There might be a few that are a review, but today I have tons that are super useful and probably new to you and you've never heard before. If you want this list of phrasal verbs in a PDF, make sure you subscribe to my email list below by using the link in the description and it will email you a copy of this list plus the example sentences. Now, let's get into it. These first 10 phrasal verbs all contain the word down. Close down. When something closes down, or if you close down something, it means it stops. It ceases to exist. So for example, during the pandemic, there were many restaurants in my town that had to close down because they didn't have any customers. Wear down. When something wears you down, it means it makes you gradually very tired. Or sometimes we say if we wear someone down, it means they aren't as patient or they'll finally say yes to a request that we've had for a long time because we've asked them so many times, it's worn them down. In college, the constant studying always wore me down. By the end of my semester, I would be so tired and I would not want to open any of my books because it just wore me down. Track down. When you track down something, it means you locate it or you find it or you can track down a person. Usually when you're trying to track something down or someone down, it means that you've been looking for it or them for a long time. 
For instance, no matter what, I seem to always be trying to track down my car keys. When I get home, I try to put them in the same place, but sometimes I can't find them because I put them in a weird spot and then I have to track them down. Tear down. When you tear down something, you dismantle it, you destroy it, or you demolish it. This just means you bring it down to the ground. So this phrasal verb often refers to tearing down a building. In the United States, it's pretty common for older homes to be torn down so that the owners can build a nice brand new home. And I think it's kind of sad because I think old homes are very charming. Run down. If you run someone down, it means you chase after them to try to catch them. This could be if you're kind of hunting them or if they forgot something and you wanted to run them down so you can give it to them. So for instance, one time I forgot my phone at a restaurant and the waiter ran me down in the parking lot and said, hey, you forgot your phone. And it was so nice because I would have been really devastated if I lost my phone at that restaurant. Narrow down. When you narrow down a list, you're reducing the amount of possibilities or choices so that you have a smaller set to choose from. In the United States, when you apply for a job, typically they interview many people for that job, but then they narrow down the candidates and then you have a second interview. And sometimes they even narrow it down from there to two possible candidates and they interview you again for the job. So when you're narrowing a list or a set of options down, you're decreasing the amount of options. Let down. When you let someone down, it means you disappointed them or you betrayed their trust, so you lied to them. For example, you could say, it really let me down that you didn't come to my birthday party. That means it disappointed me. Maybe the person said they would come and then they decided not to show up. There are two other ways that we use this phrasal verb quite frequently that I wanted to talk about. First is letting down your guard, which means, you know, not being so cautious. Your guard would be like the amount of cautiousness that you have. Or we can say that we let down our hair. So if we have our hair up in a ponytail, especially women, and then we take it out and it's down like mine, we say we let down our hair. And that phrase, to let down your hair, is also used just to say that you feel very relaxed as well and not so worried. Keep down. When you keep it down something, you control it or restrain it. So we talk about keeping down our emotions, keeping down our voice, which would mean being quiet. Or we can say we need to keep down our expenses, which means we should not spend too much money. If you are in a library and you're talking very loudly, the librarian, or the person who works at the library will say, hey, keep down your voice, please. This means please be quiet, talk quietly. When someone cracks down on something, it means they're taking actions to eliminate or reduce the amount of a bad behavior. So they're being very strict if they're cracking down. In the United States, the government has really cracked down on people who try to evade or not pay their taxes. This means that there are really high penalties and you can even go to jail for not paying your taxes because the government has just cracked down on this crime. Cut down. To cut down something means to reduce the amount that we do it or to reduce the size. It can also quite literally mean to cut a tree or cut some sort of vegetation like a plant 
So we cut down a tree. But more commonly when we say we're going to cut down on something, it means we're going to try to do it less. For instance, many, many people want to cut down on using their phone, on screen time. They don't want to be scrolling through apps so much. So they try to cut down the time that they use their phone. Next, let's learn 10 phrasal verbs that contain the word up. Clog up. When you clog up something, you obstruct or block a passage, an opening or a pipe that is supposed to be clear or free. In the United States, it's quite common to have a garbage disposal in your kitchen, in the kitchen sink so you can put food down it, and it will grind up the food so that the sink does not get clogged up. But if you don't have a garbage disposal and you just put large chunks of food down your sink, the drain or the pipe will get clogged up and that could lead to a big disaster. Tape up. When you tape up something, you close it or secure it with tape. Now tape is obviously a noun, but you can use the word tape as a verb too. I'm going to tape it. Or you can say, I'm going to tape it up, which means I'm going to close it with tape. Oftentimes when I mail people packages, I tape it up extra so that the package does not get opened while it's being delivered. Lace up. A lace is a string. So when you lace up something, you tie it up or you tie it together with a string. The most common way that we use this phrasal verb is we say we're going to lace up our shoes, which means we're going to tie our shoes, maybe because we're going for a run or we're going to be doing some sort of activity. Hike up. When you hike up something, you raise it significantly and quickly. We typically use hike up when we're talking about a rate, so a number or a price. For instance, in the United States, the price of meat has really been hiked up in the last year. It's very expensive right now to buy beef, chicken, or pork. Set up. When you set up something, you arrange, assemble, or organize it. For instance, recently I had a party and my friends asked me if they needed to come early to help me set up the party. So that means putting out food, getting the drinks ready, getting balloons ready. Things like that were what we needed to set up for the party. If you're organizing something and getting it ready, you can say, I'm going to set up this game for the children. That means you're going to get it ready so that as soon as the children come, they can play the game. Clear up. When you clear up an area, typically we're talking about a smaller area. If it's a bigger area, we do just say clean up. But to clear up an area would mean to remove clutter or junk from a space. So for instance, you could say, I'm going to clear up my desk so that I can get to work. You can also clear up confusion. This means that you make your idea more clear or understandable to someone by giving a better explanation. So in this video, I'm trying to clear up all of these phrasal verbs. And if some of them are not cleared up for you, make sure you use the link in the description so you can download the free PDF and get it emailed to your inbox. Wrap up. When you wrap up an event or a meeting, it means you're finishing everything so that it can be over. Or you can wrap up a project by doing the last steps to finish the project. If you are in a meeting, in a business meeting especially, you can say, let's wrap up the meeting by just summarizing what we talked about and then we'll talk to you later. That would be the end of a meeting. Also, you can use wrap up to simply mean 
cover something with cloth or to wrap it up with paper. So for presents in the United States, we almost always wrap up our presents in what we call wrapping paper so that the person can open it and have a good surprise. Work up. When you work up something, it means you're generating something. We typically use this phrasal verb to say we're going to work up an appetite, we're going to work up enthusiasm, or we're going to work up a sweat, which would mean we're getting really tired and hot. Or if you're laying in bed and you just feel really lazy, You could say, I need to work up the energy to go clean the house. This means that you just kind of need to motivate yourself and find energy to get up out of bed. And if you're scrolling on your phone or just watching Netflix, it can be kind of hard to work up the energy to clean. Turn up. So if someone or something turns up, it's found unexpectedly or by chance. So typically it means you weren't looking for them, but they just come out of nowhere. Or you lost something a long time ago, but it turns up months later because you just happened to look in a place that you weren't looking before. Have you ever lost something in your house and it turns up in your refrigerator? I'm talking about losing your car keys and typically why would you put your car keys in a refrigerator? But Maybe you're just having a weird day and you had just no mental power going and your keys ended up in your refrigerator. That's where they turn up when you open it. And of course, a really common way to use turn up, which is more literal, is when we're talking about the volume or the intensity of something. If you can't hear the music in the car, you might ask someone to turn up the volume. Or you'll say, can you turn up the music? This means, can you make it louder? Run up. When you run up a bill or an expense, it means you accumulate the amount of money that you own. So if you go to a restaurant and you order a ton of food and drinks, you may say that you ran up a really high bill at the restaurant. Or if it's very cold, if you have a cold winter in the United States, you'll want to turn your heat up so you'll run up a very large heating bill trying to keep your house warm. We can also use run up to mean physically running up a hill or mountain or whatever it might be. I'm going to run up the stairs really quick. Now we're going to go over or review a list of phrasal verbs that contain the word over, just like go over, which means to review. Hand over. When someone hands over something, they physically give it to someone else. So if you are in a situation where someone is robbing you, they'll say, hand over all your money. This means give me all your money or hand it over. But sometimes this phrasal verb is used to transition as well. So if you're in a business meeting, you might say, I'm going to hand over the conversation to you, Kayla. And this means that they were speaking, but now it's your turn to be in control of the conversation. So hand over can mean physically hand over something or it can mean to just transfer power or transfer control to someone, to hand over the power. Knock over. When you knock over something, you unintentionally or intentionally cause it to fall or be pushed. One time I went to my cousin's party and I sat down and I immediately knocked over a drink. I was so embarrassed. So it was actually an accident. I just moved my elbow the wrong way and somebody's drink was on the table next to me and it knocked over. Look over. 
When you look over something, you examine it, you review it, or you inspect it, but you do it pretty casually or quickly. So your teacher might say to you, everybody look over your notes and then we will take the tests. This just means that they're going to give you a few minutes before the test to just look at your notes very quickly, just to review in your head, but it's not going to be a long time. Or you might ask someone if they could look over something that you've been working on to see if there are any errors that are very blaring to them. So it would be like a big error, but they're not going to look at it very, very in depth or very thoroughly. They're just looking it over quickly. Run over. There are two pretty common ways to use this phrasal verb, run over. So if you run over something, it typically is meaning that you are in a car and you hit or go over the thing. So you could run over an animal with your car, which would be very sad. Or maybe you could run over the grass, which means you actually drive through the grass in somebody's yard. In the United States, we call holes in the road potholes. And you do not want to run over a pothole because you could get a flat tire. Another way that we use run over is very similar to look over. It just means to do something very quickly just to practice it or just look through it really quickly. So you could run over your presentation before having to give it to an audience. This just means you practice it very quickly, maybe in your head or maybe just out loud, but you're not giving the actual presentation. Stop over. When you're saying that you're going to stop over somewhere, it means you're going to stop very briefly. And sometimes it means it's actually unplanned. So for instance, if you're talking to your friend and they say, hey, I'm actually going to the store right now, you could say, hey, stop over at my house real quick too. This just means you weren't planning on it, but you should come over and see me for just a brief moment of time. Turn over. When you turn over an object, you turn it to the opposite side as it was facing before. You can also use turnover to describe change of power. So if there is a business or a workplace and people quit and leave and then they hire new people very frequently, we often say there is a lot of turnover in that restaurant or there is a lot of turnover in that business. Or when you buy a house or move into a new house and now it is going to be your house, the landlord or the previous owners will turn over the keys to you. That means the keys to the house are now your responsibility because now it's your house. Sleepover. When you sleep over, it just means that you stay the night at someone's house. And when we're kids here in the United States, we say we're going to have a sleepover with our friends when we're staying at their house for one night. If you want to tell someone that they can stay at your house, you can say that they can sleep over for a night or they can sleep over for a week. This just means that you have room to have them sleeping in your house and staying at your house. Take over. When you take over something, it means you're taking or gaining control or responsibility of something from someone else. So for instance, when there's a new president, they take over the White House in the United States. This is the place where the president lives and they take over all of the power too. Now in the United States, we vote for our president, but if someone were to just come into the government and take the power without being elected or voted for, it would be a takeover of the government. Makeover. 
Makeover is used to say that you are going to make someone or something look much better than they did before. So there used to be a show on television called Extreme Home Makeover, where they would basically knock down all the walls in the house, repaint everything, put new floors in. They would try to make the house look really nice compared to what it looked like before. It was a makeover and it was an extreme makeover. If you give a person a makeover, typically you just give them new clothes, maybe a nice haircut. You change some things about their appearance to give them a makeover, make them look better. Go over. When you go over something, you're reviewing a process or you're examining something or checking something. So for instance, usually when people have weddings here in the United States, they're the plan for the whole day and the bride and groom go over it together. That means they look at it together and they make sure that they have all the people and all the things necessary for their wedding or their big party. Or if you want to ask your teacher to review some sort of concept with you that they taught, you could raise your hand and say, hey, could you go over what you just taught us? The next set of phrasal verbs all deal with the word under. The first two I want to talk about are come under and fall under. Both of these phrasal verbs are used to say that something can be categorized in a certain category or in a type of list. And there are some really common phrases that use these two phrasal verbs. You can come under scrutiny. This means that something that you're doing is going to be categorized as controversial or kind of questionable. So it's going to be scrutinized or looked at very closely to see if it's wrong. Whenever the president of the United States passes a new law or approves a new law, they come under scrutiny because some people don't like what they do. You can also say that something will fall under scrutiny. You can also use fall under to mean that it's going to be categorized a certain way. Let me give you another example. Some people think that cucumbers are a vegetable, but they actually fall under fruits because they have seeds in them. So that means that the food cucumber falls under the category fruit, or it's in that category and not vegetables. Put under. If someone or something is put under, it means it's placed in a certain state or it's influenced by either a drug or a substance. Two years ago, I broke my arm and I had to be put under general anesthesia. So this would be medications that make you sleep for surgery. Sometimes in the United States, we just say that we have to be put under for surgery. This means put under for general anesthesia, but we just cut that second half of the sentence off. We just say we have to be put under. Go under. When you go under, we typically talk about going underwater. So a person or a thing will go under the surface of the water. Now, go under can also mean to fail. If a business goes under, it means they have no more money left to operate or be open anymore. In 2008 in the United States, many of the banks went under. That means they failed as banks and they ran out of money. Now let's move on to some really important phrasal verbs that include the word through. Pass through. When you pass through something, you briefly see it or you briefly stop in this place. When you travel in the United States by car on a long road trip, you'll pass through many, many small towns that have small restaurants and shops 
but oftentimes you'll just pass through, you won't stop for a long time. Breakthrough. The most common way that breakthrough is used as a phrasal verb is to mean you pass through an obstacle or a barrier. You're finally able to go to something after breaking through it. In the winter time, we say we break through the ice if we walk on ice and our feet go through it to the water. If you are in a crowd of people, you might say, I had to break through the crowd in order to get inside here. Now, breakthrough is commonly used as a noun to mean something that was a huge accomplishment that helped advance a field, especially the scientific field. For instance, penicillin was a huge breakthrough in medicine. It helped cure a lot of different diseases and ailments. When you use breakthrough as a phrasal verb, it can mean that your hard work has helped you achieve something. So we finally broke through the top 100 of the rankings. That means we work so hard in something, maybe it's chess, a different sport, or in your business, that you are ranked now in the top 100. You're breaking through and you're making progress. Fall through. When something falls through, it fails to happen even though you had an arrangement or an agreement already in place, it just doesn't happen for some reason. Oftentimes, I will call a friend and say, hey, what are you doing? And they'll say maybe, oh, I thought you were busy today, or I thought you had plans with so-and-so, your friend. And I'll say, oh, our plans actually fell through, they were busy, or something came up, fell through. What do you want to do today? So that means I had plans, but they fell through, meaning they did not happen for some reason, and now I'm available. Or oftentimes in business, if there is an agreement between two people that you're going to get a deal done, but then something happens and it can't happen anymore because one person, you know, went back on their agreement, you could say our deal fell through. It means it did not happen. Get through. When you get through something, you successfully achieve a goal or you achieve progress through something with some hard work and some challenges. For many people in the United States, they have to get through college by working very hard because it's financially very hard to go to college if your family doesn't have a lot of money or if you don't have a lot of money. So some people will get through college by working multiple jobs at one time. And that's just so they can pay for their living, they can pay for the tuition at the school and the books that they'll need. To go through with. When you go through with something, it means you carry out a plan or some actions, even though there might be some doubt or some insecurities of actually doing the thing. For instance, maybe you have a bad day at work and you say, I'm going to quit tomorrow. This job is terrible. It is ruining my life. And the next day you actually quit. Your friend says, did you really quit your job today? And you said, yes. They'll say, I did not think that you would go through with it. This means I didn't believe you would actually do it because quitting a job is so risky, especially if you don't already have another job. Pull through. If you pull through something, it means you survived or you recovered from a serious health event, like an illness, a heart attack, or an accident. For instance, my friend's dog was hit by a car and they thought it was going to die, but then it pulled through. It actually lived and survived the accident. You can also use this phrasal verb if someone does something that you did not think they would be able to do successfully, 
and it's really helpful that they did it. So you could say, hey, I didn't think that my friend would bring food to the dinner tonight, but they really pulled through and they brought a ton of food for us. So this means that you were surprised at how helpful they were or they were able to do something that was kind of difficult, bring all the food to the party. Let's move on to some phrasal verbs that use the word on now. There's a pretty good list for this one as well. Tack on. When you tack on something, you add either a charge or an item. Two common examples of this phrasal verb are to tack on a charge. So if you're at a restaurant and there's an extra charge on the bill, you can say, oh, it looks like they tacked on an extra charge. Or if you're adding something to someone's to-do list for them to complete, you can say, hey, I'm tacking on a few things to your to-do list. Similarly, the next phrasal verb is pile on. When you pile on things, you add things very quickly. So if you're going to carry a lot of kids on your back, you could say, everybody pile on. That means jump onto my back. Now you can also say that my boss is piling on tons of work this week. That means they're adding tons and tons of work very quickly. You can also use pile on to mean that everyone is being critical of someone or something. So if you do something, you could say, why is everyone piling on their complaints to me? That means why is everyone telling me all of their complaints or their bad things all at one time? Try on. If you try on something, you put on an item of clothing to see how it looks. You're not going to wear it for the day. You're just trying to see how it looks. So this is a very important phrasal verb for shopping. If you go to a mall, you are going to want to use a dressing room to try on clothes to see if you want to buy them. Decide on. When you decide on something, you carefully consider all of your possibilities or all of your choices, and then you make a decision. So some families will take a long time to decide on where they want to go for vacation, especially if everyone has different ideas of the type of vacation they want to go on. Maybe they'll decide on things like the cost, or they'll decide on if they want to go to the beach or go to the mountains, and then they'll decide on the final vacation choice. Cheat on. If you cheat on someone, it means that you were in a relationship with them, very committed, and you had an affair or you started seeing someone else. So you're lying to them. You can also cheat on a test. That means somehow you had the answers on the test, you were being dishonest. So whenever you cheat on someone or something, the test, it means you're being dishonest and you're lying. Lie on. When you lie on something, it means, you know, you're reclined, you're laying down, you're relaxed. Typically, we use lie on when someone is asleep or down on something that's not a bed. So we can say, they were so tired, they were lying on the table. Or you could say, I was so tired, I decided to lie on the couch and take a nap. Come on. When you want to say that a person or a show or some sort of program is going to be on the television screen, you can say it's going to come on the television screen. A really common question you might ask if you're wondering when a show is going to be released or you're going to be able to watch it is you could say, when is the show going to come on Netflix? Or when does this movie come on Netflix? That means when will it be available for me to watch on the television? 
count on. If you can count on someone or count on something, it means you can rely or depend on the thing or the person. If you ever visit Florida in the United States, you can count on the weather being sunny, but rainy for at least part of the day. Even though it's generally very nice and hot in Florida, there's usually a small rainstorm throughout the day. It's important to have reliable people that you can count on in life. Go back on. When you go back on an agreement or something that you said you would do, it means you fail to do that promise or you fail to do that agreement, even though you said you would. So when you go back on something, it's like telling a lie. For instance, it feels like politicians in the United States always go back on the promises that they make during elections. So they promise all these good things, they promise money to everyone, but then once they get elected, they go back on their promises, meaning they don't fulfill their promises. Have on. If you have on something, we're usually talking about clothing or accessories or something on your body. You could say to someone, if you notice their jewelry, oh, you have on earrings today, they look beautiful. That means you're wearing them today. Or if you're talking to your friend on the phone and you want to know what they're wearing, you could say, what do you have on? This means what are you wearing right now? It's important to come up with a plan for studying English every day. When you're learning a language, you have to keep that language in your head every day. Did you hear that phrasal verb to come up with? When you come up with something, you think of a plan or you think of an idea. Sometimes when you're taking a test and it asks you to write an answer down, it's really hard to come up with something quickly. On the spot is an idiom as well. That means to come up with immediately. So when you come up with something, you think of it. Another way we use this phrasal verb is to say that we're producing something that somebody wants. So if somebody is asking you for money and you go in your house and you try to find all the money that you can get, you can say, I'm sorry, I could only come up with a few dollars. I only have a few dollars in my house. Coming up with the money is to gather the money and give it to someone. Sometimes if my family is hungry and I need to cook something for them, I can say, I have to come up with a good lunch idea or this is the best I could come up with for lunch today. So it's the best I could think of, but it's also the best I can make. So to come up with either means that you are producing something and making it or you are thinking of it in your head. Another very advanced use of this phrasal verb to come up with is to grow up with something. So you can say, I came up with SpongeBob SquarePants. So if you're coming up with it, it means that you either watched it a lot as a child, you ate it a lot as a child, or you used it a lot as a child. I came up with Dr. Seuss books. That means I read Dr. Seuss books a lot when I was a child. The next phrasal verb in this lesson is extremely similar in sounding to come up with. It's to come down with. To come down with something means you are coming down with a specific illness. So you are getting sick. I hope you don't come down with a cold. Another very common phrase that this phrasal verb is used with is to say, I hope I don't come down with something. This means I hope I don't get sick with any sort of illness. Come out of. This phrasal verb has three different uses, so pay attention, it's very useful. A really common thing to say if you have a bad experience is to say nothing good 
came out of this situation. So maybe if your family goes to a restaurant and everybody gets sick from the food, you guys had an argument at the restaurant, the food was bad, you could say, oh, nothing good came out of that restaurant. So when you come out of something, you can use this in a way that's saying you come out of the experience of something. So like I said, this phrasal verb is used really commonly to say nothing good came of this, or at least something good came of this. So you're saying the result of something. If you are using this phrasal verb to say the experience of something, you can say, I'm glad I came out of this alive. Or if you study abroad, you can say, I came out of this experience a better English speaker. Or if you go to another country, let's say you go to Italy, you could say, I came out of Italy a much better Italian speaker. So you come out of an experience and you are different. You may have heard the idiom to come out of the blue. The blue is just a mysterious place that we use in this idiom. It's not a real place, but we say this when someone seems to have come out of nowhere or we haven't heard from them in a very long time. So to come out of means to come from somewhere that we can't see or to come and visit after not visiting for a long time. You can also just simply use this to say like someone's coming out of their house or coming out of your room. You can say, I'm so glad that you've come out of your room today. I'm so glad that you came out of the house. This means that you went into public and maybe you had a fun experience with someone. Let's get around to learning the next phrasal verb in today's English lesson. The phrasal verb is to get around to. If you get around to something, you do something or you deal with something. Often if I have tasks on my to-do list, that I don't finish for the day, I will say, I will get around to that tomorrow. It sounds like you're going around something, but you're really just doing something. This phrasal verb doesn't have to do with movement or obstacles. If you get around to something, it means that you're putting it off for later and you've done it later. So the most common way to use this phrasal verb is to say, I'll get around to doing it tomorrow or I'll get around to doing it next week, or even I'll get around to doing it next year. You can also say, I'll get around to studying, I'll get around to cleaning, whatever the verb is that you're using in this sentence. If you want to avoid a responsibility or somehow not have to do something, not have to get around to it, you can get out of something. If you get out of something, you are released of a responsibility or an obligation that you've had. For instance, the other night I made dinner and there was some dishes sitting next to the sink and my husband said, I'll do these and I was so happy to get out of doing the dishes. This means I was very happy to not have to do the responsibility. So if you get out of something, it can mean you are avoiding the responsibility or the task. A second way this phrasal verb is used to get out of is to get out of a habit. So I've gotten out of the habit of exercising every day. This is just an example. I've been good at exercising every day currently. But if you get out of a habit, it means you stop doing it and you've worked to stop doing it. Or it can be negative. You can say, I've got out of the habit of reading every day. Reading is a good habit, so this would be a negative use of it. Or you could say, I've gotten out of the habit of smoking. I'm so excited. If you've quit smoking, it's a good thing, so you've gotten out of the habit. And a slightly different use of this phrasal verb rather than getting out of a habit 
is to get out of a club or get out of a school or get out of a job. You could say something like, I've gotten out of the business of cars or I've gotten out of the restaurant business. This means that you have stopped being involved with that. And maybe you are starting a new career if you say this. When you were a kid, did you ever do something that you thought you might get in trouble for, but you were so sneaky or you were so good at keeping a secret that you got away with it? This is the phrasal verb to get away with. If you get away with something, you are escaping punishment or you're escaping the blame and nobody is going to catch you doing whatever you have done. So often children might eat a cookie or they might eat something like a dessert or a sweet and the mom says, where's the cookies? Where's the desserts? And if a child were to blame the family pet, maybe a dog or a cat for eating it, they would get away with the crime. They would not have a punishment because everyone would think the dog just ate the cookies or whatever it is. So if you get away with something, you can avoid the punishment or avoid the blame. If you get away with something, you avoid the punishment or you avoid the blame for it. Sometimes if you're doing something that you just don't enjoy, you just have to get through with it. Get through with it means you have to just finish it. So this phrasal verb, again, can just be used to say that you're finishing something. Oh, I got through with my homework already, or I have to just get through this test and then I'll be done with the class. This means you have something to finish. Or you can say, get through with it already. This is a phrase that someone who is very impatient would use to say, just finish it already. To get through with something is to finish something. For most people, when someone goes back on their promise, it's a huge pet peeve. People dislike someone who does not keep a promise or goes back on a promise. So to go back on something is to reverse what you have said or to fail to keep a promise. A common phrase this phrasal verb is used with in English is to go back on your word. Your word is what you say you will do. It's your promise. If you go back on it, it means you do not keep your promise or maybe you do something that voids the promise that you made. So recently I told my son if he picked up his toys, he could have a candy and he cleaned up his toys and I was thinking he might have forgotten about the candy, but I could not go back on my word. I promised he could have that candy, so I gave it to him. Sometimes when you're learning English and you're in a conversation and you're confused about what the person is asking or what they're about to do, you just go along with it. To go along with something means to kind of consent to something or agree to it. When you're confused in a situation, but you just act like you know what you're doing, you go along with the person, you're just saying, it's okay, I'm just consenting to this because I don't know what I'm doing. This phrasal verb can also just mean that you're agreeing to something and you do understand the situation. So you could agree to go along with a plan as long as somebody does a favor for you. So you could say, I went along with my boss's orders and he was very happy or she was very happy. This means that you agreed to do whatever they asked you to do. Speaking of bosses, do you get along with your boss at your work? If you get along with someone, it means you are agreeable towards them, you are friendly, and you are compatible. If you don't get along with someone, it means that you are 
enemies or you dislike them. I had a coworker that I did not get along with because I didn't like the way that she treated customers and I didn't think she was very kind to me as well. And it's hard to work with people when you don't get along with them. However, if you do get along with the people you work with and they're your work friends, it makes the time go very fast and it makes the job very fun and pleasant. Another way we can use get along with is to say that we are going to keep doing something or finish a task. So maybe you are at work and you're taking forever and let's say you work in a place that sells food. The person who has bought the food might say, can you just get along with it already? This means, can you hurry up? Can you finish it already? If you are a parent and you are watching this English lesson, you may understand the struggle. When kids grow quickly, they get bigger, they grow out of clothes so fast. Kids especially grow out of their shoes very quickly. This phrasal verb, to grow out of, means to increase in size and not be able to fit in your clothing anymore. So when you grow out of something, you grow too big to wear it. You can grow out of your shoes if your feet get bigger. This phrasal verb is not just used for clothing. You can grow out of a TV show. You can grow out of books. It means you're becoming too mature to enjoy them anymore. Sometimes children have habits like sucking their thumbs and they just grow out of it. They become so mature that they don't do it anymore. And sometimes they don't grow out of it as quickly as we would like them to. Have you ever planted a seed and had a flower grow out of it? This is probably the more scientific use of this phrasal verb that I also want you to know. If something grows out of another thing, it is developing from it. So a flower grows out of a seed or money can grow out of an investment. If you invest in a company and you make more money, your money has grown out of that investment. I just wanted to point out this use of the phrasal verb as well because it's very advanced, but it is important to know. The opposite of growing out of a shirt or growing out of shoes is to grow into something. If you have clothing or shoes that are too big, then you need to grow into them. You need to get bigger. I often do buy clothing like shirts and pants for my children that are just a little bit too big so that they can grow into them and wear them longer. Because otherwise they grow out of their clothing so quickly. Just like the phrasal verb to grow out of can be used to talk about becoming too mature for things, to grow into something, you can be becoming more mature and becoming smarter if you're growing up as a child and you grow into liking something. A flower grows out of a seed and a seed grows into a flower. These two sentences mean the exact same thing, but these phrasal verbs grow out of and grow into are a little bit tricky in this way. I swear kids these days are getting healthier, they're eating healthier food than what we grew up on. If you grow up on something, it means that you ate it a lot as a child or you watched it a lot as a child. Maybe if you liked the show Blue's Clues, you grew up on it. It means that you consumed it a lot as a child and that it influenced your personality or it influenced your development. So you can say, I grew up on mac and cheese. This means that you ate a ton of mac and cheese as a child and through your adolescence, you kept eating it and it's what you ate. 
To take out on. This phrasal verb has two very different meanings, in my opinion. The first use is to say that you are taking someone out on a date. You are taking them to a nice place. You are taking them on a fancy date. If you take a child out on a field trip, it means you're taking them out of the school building to experience something educational. A very different use of this phrasal verb is to say you're taking your anger out on someone. This means that you are acting very unpleasant and very rude to them because you feel so angry and upset and even though it's not your fault, you are just angry and you're being rude to them. When I'm in a bad mood, I try not to take it out on anyone, especially if it's not their fault. I try not to take out my frustrations on people that work at stores or restaurants because, again, it's not their fault and you should not be rude to people and take out your negative emotions on them. Many people are very prideful and they don't like to take offers for help, but sometimes, especially if you are injured or sick and somebody offers to help or somebody offers to bring you a meal, you should take them up on it. So to take somebody up is to accept an offer. And it's usually an offer out of kindness. If someone says, I would love to drive you to work tomorrow. And you say, no, that's okay, I can, I can take the bus. And then later you say, I'm gonna take you up on that offer actually. It means you're going to accept the offer. Another way to say that you are going to end something is to say you are going to do away with it. This is actually a pretty dramatic way to say that you're going to end something or get rid of something. So keep that in mind if you use this phrasal verb. Maybe if a business has closed, you can say, oh, they did away with that business. It means they closed it. Maybe there was a free coffee day at a restaurant and they no longer have that. You could say they did away with it last year. It means they got rid of it. If something is going to do someone good, it means it is going to benefit them. You can say something like, a haircut would do you good. This means it would benefit you. It would make you look better. Or you could say, a nice home-cooked meal would do me good right now. This means that it would benefit you. It would make you feel really nice, really happy, really good to have that. A phrase that's really similar to this one is to do well for someone or to do well by someone. To do well for yourself means that you make a lot of money. This is the phrase, to do well for myself. He's done really well for his self. This means that he's made a lot of money in his life. To do well by someone means that someone has been fairly compensated, so maybe a company did good by you. If you had a job for a large company and they paid you really well and provided you with great benefits, you could say they did really well by me. Have you ever known someone that seems to never be able to hold down a job? This means to keep a job. If you hold something down, it can mean to keep stability or especially financial stability by keeping a job. The phrase hold down a job means to keep a job for an extended amount of time. A very literal way of holding something down is to just hold it down and restrain it or say, it's so windy so I'm going to hold this down so it doesn't blow away. Have you ever had a guest over to your home and they're hungry and you ask, can I get you some food right now or do you wanna wait for dinner? They might say, I can hold out for dinner. 
If you hold out for something, it means you are waiting for something. Holding on is used in a similar way. I'm gonna hold on for dinner. But the phrase hold out sounds a bit more natural in my opinion. So if you hold out for something, it means you're waiting for it to either happen or you're waiting to get something. Sometimes if a new iPhone is going to come out and your phone is kind of broken but you can still use it, you can say, I'm just holding out for the new iPhone and then I'm gonna get a new iPhone. This means you're waiting on the new iPhone to come out. To hold back from. Let's say there was two people that were really angry at each other and you didn't want them to get into a physical fight. You could say, we had to hold the man back from the other person or whatever it is. So to hold back from means to restrain. Sometimes you have to hold back from sharing your true emotions or from saying something that could get you into trouble. Oftentimes if people are trying to appear strong, they will hold back from crying or they will hold back from expressing sad emotions. Drop out. Another way we say this is to flunk out. If you drop out or flunk out of a class or school, it means you have failed. It means you are no longer enrolled in the class and that you have basically quit or gotten such bad grades that you are no longer in the class. Tim dropped out of school after the 11th grade. Her grades were so bad that she flunked out before the end of the semester. Fall behind. If you fall behind in a course, it means that you are not on track. You do not have up-to-date assignments and maybe you haven't learned as quickly as the other members of your class or your course. Sometimes in the United States, children will fall behind so badly in school that they will need to repeat a grade or repeat a year of school. Donald fell behind in his math class because he was sick for two whole weeks. Call on, call on. If you are sitting in a classroom, oftentimes the teacher will have you raise your hands if you know the answer, and he or she will call on a person in the class to speak and say their answer. When you call on someone, it means you ask them to speak. The teacher called on Mark, but he was not paying attention and he did not know the answer. Turn in turn in. If you take a class online or in person, you can use the phrasal verb turn in to mean that you have given your assignment to the teacher to be graded. If you turn in an assignment online, oftentimes you will attach a PDF. If you turn in an assignment in person, it means you will give the teacher your paper that you have written on. Cynthia turned in her assignment early. It was not due until Friday, but she brought her paper to the teacher on Thursday. We use two different words to say that a teacher is giving you a piece of paper or giving you the assignment that you need to take. We either say handout or pass out. Now these phrasal verbs can be used in different ways, but in this context, if a teacher hands out an assignment, it means he or she gives the papers to the class that have the assignment on it. We also sometimes call that piece of paper that has been given to the entire class a handout. I had to print handouts for my entire English class. 
Another way that we say this is the teacher passed out all of the papers. Now, don't confuse this with passing out and falling on the ground if you are ill or if you suddenly become sick. The teacher handed out safety goggles for every member of the class to use during the science experiment. After the teacher passed out the papers, the students began the test. This phrasal verb, skim through, is useful in many different contexts. If you are reading something quickly, but not entirely, you are just skimming through it. If you want to say that you looked at a few pages or just a few different sentences of something you were supposed to read, you can say, I just skimmed through it really quick, but I'll read it entirely later. Jonathan did not do well on the test because he had just skimmed through his notes without actually studying them. Sometimes we will not say this full phrasal verb. Sometimes we'll just say, I skimmed the reading last night. That means you read it quickly, but again, not entirely or thoroughly. As a language learner, you will oftentimes have to look up a word. If you look up something, you go research it. So if you're unsure of a word, you will often find a dictionary and look it up. If you need somebody's phone number, you might go to your address book or go to your cell phone and look up their phone number. So anytime you are trying to find information, you are looking it up. I had to look up the capital of Germany because I was unsure. I had to look up the capital of Spain because I didn't know if it was Madrid or Valencia. Go over. To go over something means to review it. Oftentimes teachers will go over concepts that students have already learned. It's a good idea to go over your notes before you have to take a test. So to go over something means to read it again, learn it again, or do it again. Students will go over the safety procedure in case there is a fire. If you need to learn something, you need to study up on it. You can also say read up on it. If you have a conversation with someone and they say, have you heard of the Hubble telescope? And you don't know much about it, you can say, no, I need to study up on it. Or you can say, no, I would like to read up on it. Our teacher made us study up on all of the planets in the solar system. To wise up. To become wise means to become smart. Oftentimes we'll use the phrasal verb wise up to mean that someone has gotten smarter or they've learned more about things in life, so now they make better decisions. In college, there were people that would take the tests from the years prior and give them to other students so that they would have the answers. Oftentimes the professors wise up and they change the tests. So this means that they learn from students that were cheating and they did something better. They wised up. Go over. Go over means the exact same thing as to review something. I will often go over common grammar mistakes with my students because even though they've already learned them, it's important to go over them. This means it's important to review them. A common way to ask a teacher to review something for you or to explain it again is, can you go over that? That means, can you review that concept? If you want to say that you have just explained something 
very briefly or you've just given a short explanation, even though there's a lot of information about something, you can say that you touched on something. We only touch on world history when we're in school because there are so many different countries in the world that it would be impossible to go in depth about every single subject. So we only touch on Russian history, we only touch on the French Revolution. Topics like this have so much information that we can only touch on them. Slack off. If you have slacked off, it means that you are too relaxed and you are being lazy. I was supposed to study for a test yesterday, but I was just slacking off and watching Netflix. This means that I was being lazy and not doing what I was supposed to be doing. Teachers will often get irritated with the students that slack off and do not study hard. Put off. If you are slacking off, you are often putting off what you are supposed to be doing. Procrastinating and putting off something mean the exact same thing. If you don't want to do something, so you keep saying you're going to do it later, you are putting it off. It's never a good idea to put off your homework until the last minute. This means that you should do your homework early rather than the day before it is due. If you are sick and you miss a day of school or you miss a day of class, you will often have to make up the work that you missed. If you make up something, it means you do it at a later date. Oftentimes, if you have missed a day of school or a day of class, they will have something called a makeup exam. This means it's a test that you can take that replicates the test that was in class, but it's at a later date because you missed it for an important reason. I forgot to do my homework, so my teacher made me make it up during recess. If you fall behind in a class, you will often have to catch up on the work. So it's kind of like making up the work, but instead of doing it at a later time, you're just trying to work faster so you can be at the same point that the whole class is at. Oftentimes, if you need to learn something very quickly, you could say, I fell behind on my reading, but tonight I am going to spend extra time and catch up with the book. This means you are going to catch up on the pages that you are behind on. If you are in a class and a teacher wants you to start writing something, the teacher will say, take down notes or take down this sentence into your notebook. To take down something means to write it on paper. If there is a topic in school that the teacher is going to skip and they're not going to teach you about, they can use the phrasal verb skip over. We are going to skip over this chapter in the history book because you will not need to know it for the test. So to skip over something means to take it out completely and not do it. If you've ever read a good book and you want to know what happens at the end of the book, you might jump ahead to the last page. Or if you are waiting in a line, you might jump ahead to the front. This means you, you know, walk to the front of the line and skip everybody who was waiting in the line. So oftentimes when we're reading and learning, we'll jump ahead, meaning we'll start learning more advanced topics. Or you can physically jump ahead by moving forward. It's important if you go to a class 
or a school to sign up for extra things. If you sign up for something, it means that you register for the event or the club and you give them your information so that you can be a part of it. When I was in school, I signed up for many different sports within the school. Instead of getting bad grades or choosing to leave school, you might get kicked out if you have bad behavior. So children with very poor behavior or children who do something bad in school will get kicked out. If you are at a restaurant or a bar or a club and you have bad behavior, you might get kicked out of that club or that restaurant. Finally, oftentimes in school, when we think of things in our head and we mistake two things, we mix two things up. So you could say, I always mix up the two words dessert and desert when I'm spelling them. This means that you mistakenly use the wrong word when you're spelling. Blend versus blend in. Blend in. When we talk about the simple verb to blend, we're typically mixing two or more things or elements together. This is, of course, a very popular verb to use in a recipe in the kitchen when you're blending ingredients together to make a cake. Now, when you blend in, it means that you're trying to not be noticed. Oftentimes, celebrities will go into public places and they'll wear ordinary clothes and sunglasses and a baseball hat so that they blend in and people don't notice that they are a celebrity rather than just an average person. So when you use this phrasal verb, it changes the meaning of blend entirely. Fake versus fake out. Oh, fake. To fake something means to make an imitation or a counterfeit of the real thing. Now you can fake a smile even though you feel sad. So it's a fake smile because typically a smile is used when we're happy. The way that the word fake changes when we add out to it is when you're faking out someone, you're trying to make them think one thing even though you're going to do another. So for instance, in a lot of sports, the team will try to fake like they're going one way and then they'll go the other way in order to score. Or think of a magician, a person who does magic tricks. They're not real magic tricks, so they're faking out the audience. They're faking out the audience by making it look like it's magic, even though it's not. So fake and fake out can be pretty similar, but it is very useful to know the phrasal verb fake out, especially in sports, or if you're doing something to trick someone into thinking you're doing another thing. Point versus point out. When you point to something, it means you're indicating which direction it is, or if you have a list of things or a group of things, you're pointing to which one in particular. Now, when you point out something, you're drawing a lot of attention to something. So for instance, it's important to point out errors when you are proofreading someone's writing. So typically when we use the verb to point, we're indicating just a direction or a way. But when we say point out, we're usually drawing attention to an error or you could point out something positive too. Like you could say, even though our soccer team lost the game, I want to point out that everyone on the team had a positive attitude and had fun. So you're pointing out something positive rather than negative. Take versus take out. So when we're speaking of the verb to take something, 
it usually means you're grabbing something or taking something from another person. When we take out, it's not from another person when we take out something. So let's say we're going to take out the milk from the refrigerator. We're removing the milk from the refrigerator. Now you could say I'm going to take the milk from the refrigerator, but more commonly as a native English speaker, I would say I'm going to take it out if you're removing it from another place. Now, if you are at the grocery store and someone hands you a bag with some milk in it, you can say, oh, I'll take that bag. You're taking it from another person. But when you remove the milk from the bag, you're going to say, I'm going to take out the milk since you're removing it from a different place. And bonus, when we say take out, it means takeaway food. They say takeaway in the UK and in the United States, we say takeout food. That's a noun, it's not a verb. So this is just a bonus part of this lesson. Speaking of soccer, do you know the difference between to kick and to kick out? Kick out. Of course, when we kick a ball or when we kick any object really, we are using our foot. Now, when we add the word out to kick and we use it as a phrasal verb, it means we are telling someone that they have to leave a place. It's very common in the United States if people have bad behavior in a restaurant or in a club or in a bar, they will get kicked out by the security there. Or if you're in a school and you have bad behavior in a classroom, your teacher will kick you out of class. This means they'll tell you that you have to get out of the classroom and go to the principal's office. So this is one of those cases where the simple verb and the phrasal verb have totally different meanings. Eat versus eat up. Now, of course, you know the simple verb to eat, which means to consume food. But what happens to this verb when we add up to it? We're not talking about food typically when we use this phrasal verb, although you can say, I want to eat up my dinner. It just means you're going to consume it entirely. Or you could say, hey everyone, eat up. That means eat all of your food, have as much as you want. You can use this phrasal verb when you're not speaking about food as well. For instance, if you are talking with someone and you're having a very long or lengthy conversation, you might want to say to them, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to eat up all of your time. This means I didn't want to take all of your time or lose all of your time. When you say eat up, you mean consume entirely. If something at work is taking your whole day, you could say this is eating up all of my time. So we use this phrasal verb a lot when we talk about using time. Or sometimes if I'm driving in my car and I'm driving all over town, it's eating up all my gas. This means I'm driving so much that it's using all of the gasoline in my gas tank. To show versus to show off. If you want to show something to someone, of course you say, look at this, I want to show you this. Now typically, if we are really proud of what we are showing the person, we are going to show off something. So I have a collection of seashells. It's not terribly impressive, so I typically wouldn't show this off to someone. Now, my husband has a collection of baseball cards, and he is very proud of these baseball cards, so he would want to show off the baseball cards to you. When you show something to someone, you just have them see it. When you show off something to someone, you are very proud and you want to show them the thing so that they are impressed by it. 
A lot of people who have nice houses want to show off their houses. So maybe they have a pool in their backyard or they have a really large house. They'll say, let me show off my house to you. Now, sometimes we use this phrasal verb in a negative way, like they're just showing off. That means they're doing something just to try to impress you. They're not doing it, you know, just to be nice or to be good. They're trying to just impress everyone with what they have or the skills that they have. Like a gymnast, someone who does gymnastics, might show off by doing flips and cartwheels because it's so impressive. So of course, make sure that you know the difference between show and show off because they are very different, especially when you're speaking with a native English speaker. Play versus play up. When you add up in this phrasal verb, it changes the meaning of play entirely. To play means to engage in a fun activity. Of course, children are always playing. Now, when you play up something, it means you're being dramatic. When you play up something, you're often exaggerating an emotion or a feeling that you have. So if you have a sibling, a brother or a sister, growing up when you were children, and if one of your brothers or sisters hit you and you wanted them to get in trouble, you might say, Ow, that hurts so bad. My brother hit me or my sister hit me. This is playing up your reaction so that your parents will think you're really hurt, even though typically kids just fight and it doesn't typically hurt that bad. A lot of times if people are a little bit sick, but they want to get out of school or work, they will play up their sickness. This means they will exaggerate how sick they are. So they might tell their teacher or their boss, oh, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't even move. I had a really bad fever when they might have just had a cold, but they're laying up their illness. Sit versus sit out. I'm gonna sit it out. Sit it out. This is really important to know. Of course, you know that when someone sits, it means they're physically going down onto a chair. So they sit on a chair. Now, of course, sit down is the act of sitting. And when we say sit out, it has an entire different meaning. So if somebody sits out of an activity, it means they do not participate or they do not join in. Maybe all of your coworkers are going out to lunch and they're going to a restaurant, but you are too busy and you have too much work. In English, we would say, hey, I'm going to sit this one out today. This is a really common phrase that means you are not going to join them. You're going to skip this time. In soccer, if a player gets a red card, they have to sit out of the game. This means they cannot participate in the game. So when you tell someone to sit out, it means they need to go away and they can't participate in the activity anymore. Rip versus rip up. Right. Rip it up, legs. When you rip something, you have a small tear in it. So lots of times, if you have an old piece of clothing, you might accidentally rip your clothing and it's damaged a little bit. Now, when we add up to rip, it means that we are shredding something. We're destroying it. The most common way we use this phrasal verb is to rip up a piece of paper. In movies, when you know somebody does not agree to a contract, they might dramatically rip up the paper. This means they make the paper into small shreds or small pieces. 
So make sure if you are talking about just having a small piece of damage in your clothing, you can say, I ripped my clothing. But if something is completely destroyed, often by dogs or other animals, you could say it's ripped up. Set versus to set out. When you set an item on a table or any other surface, it just means you're putting it there or you're placing it there. When you add out to set and you set out, it means you begin something. Oftentimes in movies and in television, the main character will set out on a journey or they will set out on an adventure. This means they start the adventure with the intention of you know, doing a big task or having a big journey. We can also use this phrasal verb set out when we are trying to accomplish a goal. So for me, my goal on my English channel, English with Kayla, is to set out to have a million subscribers. So make sure you're subscribed if you haven't already. And that's just meaning that like I have this goal and I have this intention of doing something. So you can set out on a journey or you can set out on a goal. Let versus let down. When you let someone do something, it means you're allowing them to do something. So many people in the United States, they love their pets so much, they love their dogs especially, they will let their dogs sleep in the bed with them. It's crazy. I know it's not like that in other places of the world. Maybe it is where you live. But when you let down someone, it means you disappoint them. So if you have bad news to tell someone, let's say you have a big event that day and it's raining. You might say, I'm sorry to let you down, but it's raining outside. This means I'm sorry to disappoint you. Now, if someone does something to disappoint you, you can say, you really let me down. So I thought you were going to show up to my party yesterday, but I was really let down that you didn't arrive. This means that I was really sad and disappointed in you. You disappointed me by not doing something. So let and let down have really different meanings as well. Turn versus turn over. Now, of course, I can turn in my chair, which just means to change directions. And you turn in your car, you can turn left or you can turn right, or you can turn around, which means you go backwards. Now, when we say turn over, we could have something and we are putting it on the opposite side, or we can say we are turning over responsibility. If you are speaking and you want to have someone else come and speak after you, you can say, I'm going to turn it over to Debbie, or I'm going to turn over the talk to John. This means it's not my turn anymore. I'm going to let them control the meeting or I'm going to have them speak now. As a noun in a job, if we have a lot of turnover, it means a lot of people quit their job and a lot of people get hired. It's changing a lot. Follow versus follow through. Follow through. When you follow someone or something, you go in the same exact direction. For instance, if someone is going to the same place that you are, you might say, I'm going to follow you in my car because I don't know how to get there. That means I'm going to go the same way that you do. When you follow through with something, it means you complete something that you said you would do. It's really important to follow through on your promises. This means if you promise something, you actually do it. If you're unsure if you can complete a promise or something you said you would do, you can say, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to follow through. This means I'm not sure I'm going to be able to complete what I said I would do. 
In today's English lesson, you'll see a sentence on screen with a blank space. I'm going to give you two phrasal verbs to choose from and you choose the correct phrasal verb. Let's get started. After a long day at work, I can't wait to my shoes and relax on the couch. Take off or put off. The correct answer in this sentence is take off. When you remove something from your body, like shoes or a shirt or pants, we say take off. Sarah had to her meeting due to a sudden emergency. Did Sarah have to call off or send off? The correct answer is call off. When you call off something, it means you cancel it. We use the phrasal verb send off when we're saying goodbye to someone. So in this sentence, it does not make sense. The correct answer is call off or to cancel. I was cleaning the attic when I, an old photo album. When I came across an old photo album or when I put across an old photo album. The correct answer is came across. The phrasal verb to come across something means to find it unexpectedly. So if you're cleaning your attic or any other storage area in your house, you might come across some interesting things. That means you might find some things that you didn't know were there. The phrasal verb put across does not exist. I can't think of any case in the English language where I would say put across. Don't when you're in the middle of an important conversation. Don't wander off or don't wander to. The correct answer is wander off. Don't wander off when you're in the middle of an important conversation. So if you're speaking to someone about something really important and all of a sudden you start to walk away, we call that wandering off. In the English language, the verb to wander, it just means to walk aimlessly with no mission or no objective. You're just exploring or you're just getting lost. When we say we're wandering off from a conversation or a place, it means we're straying from the place where we're supposed to be. So this is a really useful phrasal verb in the English language and you'll definitely hear native English speakers say they just wandered off. Maybe they wandered off in the middle of an important conversation. And the phrasal verb wander to does not exist in the English language, so don't use that one. You need to your car from the mechanics shop today. You need to pick up or you need to pick apart. The correct answer is you need to pick up. When we talk about getting something from a store and bringing it home, we say we're picking it up. To pick apart means to literally take pieces from something and take them apart or remove them from something. So the correct phrasal verb here is to pick up. If we are going to get the car that we own from the mechanic shop, so the person that fixes our car and bring it back with us, we are picking it up. 
Sometimes we say, I can pick you up from work. That means I can drive there and get you in my car and bring you home from work. The old house started to because of its age and neglect. The old house started to fall off or the old house started to fall apart. The correct phrasal verb for this sentence is to fall apart. When we say that something is falling apart, we use this phrasal verb very commonly. It means that something is starting to slowly break. Pieces are coming off. Maybe you have a really old pair of shoes. You've been wearing them forever. They're super dirty. Little pieces are coming apart from them. We can say they are falling apart. You need new shoes. That means your shoes are starting to look broken and soon you will not even be able to wear them because they will just be completely broken and completely old. Can you, my dog while I'm on vacation? Can you look on my dog while I'm on vacation? Or can you look after my dog while I'm on vacation? The correct answer is look after. When we say that someone should look after somebody or something like an animal, it means they are taking care of them. They are making sure that they don't get in trouble or damaged or lost or broken. You are just taking care of the thing or the person. If you need to go somewhere, maybe you need to run to the store, you might ask someone to look after your kids. This means like babysitting. And look on is not a phrasal verb in the English language, so do not use this phrasal verb either. We should the details of the project before the presentation. We should go over the details or we should go forward the details. The correct answer to this question is we should go over the details. When you say you are going over something, it means you are reviewing a document or you are reviewing a book or rules or whatever it might be. A common phrase in English is we need to go over the plan. This means let's review it and make sure we both know what the plan is. To go forward means to go ahead or to start something. So you might ask someone, do you wanna go forward with this? This means do you want to do it? So in this sentence, go forward doesn't make sense. The correct answer is go over. When you're on the phone, please ask the caller to for a moment. Are you going to ask the caller to hold on or to hold off for a moment? The correct answer is to hold on for a moment. So in English, sometimes when it comes to the telephone, we'll just say, could you hold for a moment? And this means we are going to put them on hold on our telephone. So maybe there'll be some music that plays while they wait on the phone. We need to leave or we need to take a different call. Now, if you're helping someone on the phone and you're going to stay on the phone the whole time, you're not going to put hold music on. You can say, just hold on while I find this for you or hold on while my computer loads whatever it may be. It just means you need them to wait for a moment. 
Now the phrasal verb to hold off, it's very, very common as well. In this sentence, it doesn't make sense because when you ask someone to hold off, it means you're telling them to wait to do something. So in this sentence, I'm saying, hold on. That means I'm going to do something and I want you to wait. And to hold off means I want you to wait to do something. So I can see how these two phrasal verbs can be super confusing. Hopefully this example really clarifies the difference between holding on and holding off. Please, your trash in the bin, don't litter. Please clean up your trash in the bin or please clean to your trash in the bin. The correct answer in this question is please clean up your trash. Clean to is not a phrasal verb in English. We always say clean up when it comes to trash or cleaning in general. A really common phrase in English with this phrasal verb is I'm going to clean up my house today. This means I'm just going to clean the house totally for the day. I'm going to vacuum, I'm going to scrub, I'm going to dust. Whatever needs cleaning in my house, I'm going to clean up. I have to go to class today because my teacher won't let me the test if I miss it. Will my teacher not let me mix up the test or make up the test? The correct answer is my teacher will not let me make up the test. When someone lets you make up something, they let you redo it or reconcile it. So typically when we miss something, we might say, can I make this up? This means, can I have another opportunity to do the same thing? Or if you make a mistake and you make someone angry, you might ask them, how can I make this up to you? This means, how can I replace this incident with something better? Make up in the English language has a lot of different uses, but when we talk about redoing a test or a quiz or some sort of assignment in school, we call that making it up. That means redoing it. And to mix up something means to confuse it with another thing. If we have something that's really confusing and we do the wrong thing, we might say, oh, I'm sorry, I got mixed up. I have to some groceries on my way home from work. I have to pick up some groceries or I have to pick out some groceries. The correct answer to this question is I have to pick up some groceries. Now, that's the one that I think makes more sense in this sentence, but you could say I need to pick out some groceries. So to pick up, means to go get. To pick out means to choose. So maybe you have to stop on your way home and choose some groceries, but more commonly we will just say, I need to pick up some groceries. That means you have an idea of what you need to get from the grocery store for food. Maybe you're making pasta that night and you need to pick up some spaghetti and some spaghetti sauce. But if you're not sure exactly what you're going to get, maybe you don't know what you want for dinner, you might say, I have to go pick out some groceries for dinner. So both phrasal verbs could kind of make sense in this sentence. To pick up means to get, 
and to pick out means to choose. These phrasal verbs sound very similar, but they have pretty different meanings. The rain forced us to our picnic. The rain forced us to put off our picnic or the rain forced us to put on our picnic. The correct answer is the rain forced us to put off our picnic. To put off something means to delay it or decide to do it later. So if it is raining, you would not want to have a picnic or a meal outside. Now to put on means to have, to do something, an event of some sort. If you are putting on a show, that means you're going to make a show. You're having a show with an audience that people can come to. Sometimes we say, I'm going to put on a party for Saturday night. This means I'm having a party for Saturday night. It's a less common way to say this, but we do use put on in this way sometimes. But the correct answer in this sentence is we're going to put off the picnic because we have to do it later. We're going to cancel it, but we're going to do it later. I always... When I have an important meeting for work, I always dress up for the important meeting or I always dress down for the important meeting. The correct answer for this question is I always dress up for an important meeting at work. To dress up means to dress better than normal, to try to look nice or as I like to say, fancy. To dress down actually means to dress more casually. In the United States, casual Fridays are pretty common in the workplace. That means on Fridays, everyone who works in a certain office doesn't dress up like they normally do. They can dress down and wear jeans and sweatshirts and t-shirts and casual clothes like that. So to dress up means to dress better and to dress down means to dress more casually. We need to a plan to solve this problem. We need to make for a plan or we need to make up a plan. The correct answer in this question is we need to make up a plan. When we use the phrasal verb make up, as I mentioned before, it has so many different uses in the English language. When you make up something, it means you invent it or create it. So you can make up a lie, which is a common phrase to use in English, which means you lie about something that didn't happen. But when we say we're making up a plan, it means we're thinking of a new plan to solve a problem. And to make for is not a phrasal verb in English, so don't use that one. The airplane is about to... Please fasten your seatbelt. The airplane is about to take off or the airplane is about to take on. The correct answer for this sentence is the airplane is about to take off. We use this phrasal verb take off when it comes to airplanes to mean it's going to start to fly. When we also want to say that something is going to start doing well or become popular, we say it's going to take off. Right now, I really noticed that Reebok shoes are starting to take off. 
That means a lot of people are wearing them and they're becoming really popular. To take on has a completely different meaning than to take off in this sentence. When we take on something, it means we are willing to accept responsibility. So you can take on a job or you can take on a task. And this means you're going to start to do it. You're willing to do the work. The couple decided to, after being together for 10 years, the couple decided to break down or the couple decided to break up. The correct answer for this sentence is the couple decided to break up. When two people break up, it means they end their relationship. Or if you break up a company, it means you end the company. To break down can have several different meanings. It can mean to literally break or not work anymore if you're talking about a machine. If you're talking about a person breaking down, it means they are very emotional. They are just not happy anymore. They're really, really sad. And it's like they've lost all hope if they're breaking down. So in this sentence, we say two people break up or end their relationship. I at 6.30 a.m. every morning to go for a run. I wake to at 6.30 a.m. or I wake up at 6.30 a.m. The correct answer for this sentence is I wake up at 6.30 a.m. to go for a run. I do wake up quite early, but right now I don't go for a run in the morning. I wish I was that motivated. When you want to say you get up out of bed, you are awake for the day, we say we wake up. Now, sometimes we just say I was awake at 6.30. That might mean we're just in bed and we are awake, but typically in English, we use wake up to mean that we get out of bed and start our day. We do not use the phrasal verb wake to in English. It is incorrect. We should these old toys. They're no longer needed. We should throw out these old toys or we should throw on these new toys. The correct answer for this sentence is we should throw out these old toys. If you don't need something, you can throw it out. That means you put it in the garbage. Now, I would recommend donating old toys or finding someone else that can actually use them unless they're broken or damaged, but in this sentence, we say throw out. The phrasal verb throw on can be used sometimes to mean to try on clothes very quickly or to put on clothes very quickly. Like, I'm going to throw on a jacket before I go outside. That means I'm just going to put it on quickly. But in this sentence, to throw on toys does not make sense at all. I can't believe we, of coffee, we need to buy more. I can't believe we ran over coffee or I can't believe we ran out of coffee. The correct answer to this question is I can't believe we ran out of coffee. To run out of something means that you do not have any more supply left of it. So when you run out of coffee, you look in the coffee can and it's empty. If you run out of gas in your car, your car will no longer drive anymore. The fuel tank is empty. 
Now, when we say run over, it does not make sense in the sentence at all because when we say run over in English, it means we go over something with either our car or we run over it with our feet. So you do not want to run over a deer because it's so dangerous. And obviously it's very sad to kill a deer too, but it does happen quite frequently here in the United States because we have so many deer on the road. 